What's up, everyone? My name is Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. This is your source for evidence-based fitness information, nutrition, mindset, or just weekly inspiration. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for spending some time with me today and taking information from me that you can apply in your life to achieve the results you are wanting. This podcast was made with the vision to provide free information to listeners who want to expand in their mind, progress in their life, and change their body for the better. This podcast is called Create Yourself Podcast for a reason. That reason is that I truly believe that anyone at any time can create themselves. Now let's get into today's episode and let's grow together. All right, you guys, welcome back to the show today. Today I'm gonna be going through the eight most frequently asked questions that I get. Now these questions come in from a number of different places. They come in through Instagram, they come in through Facebook, they come in through client emails. Uh, Essentially these are questions that I see recurring. So I know that if a couple people are thinking about it, it's a high likelihood that there is other people out there thinking about it as well. Now before I jump into the show today, if you have a question that you wanna get answered live here on the show, you can go ahead and send me that in a direct message. I am at the CF7C Coach on Instagram. You can shoot me a message there with your question, or you can take it a step further and you can shoot it through me, through, shoot it to me through email. Um, you can send that email to Cody at CrossFit7Cities.com if you want to get your question answered. Uh, anything training, nutrition, mindset, even business related is totally cool. So if you want to get that question answered here on the show, go ahead and send that in to me um, before the next episode is recorded. Um, even though you don't really know when that's going to be. So first question I want to jump into is uh, one that I get probably weekly, especially uh, from new clients when I sit down with them or when we do strategy calls, is how often should I work out? Now, that question is, I'm always going to preface that question with, or when I get asked it with, well, how long have you been working out? Or what is your training history? Because that's really going to matter when it comes to how many times per week I'm going to recommend to you. Because each individual person, whether you're a beginner or you're an intermediate or an advanced person, each person is going to respond to training in a different way and therefore going to be able to recover in a different way. So what we know about beginners is that the, the sweet spot for them and what studies have shown them to be very, very, to work very well for them is they probably need to work out somewhere between like two and three times per week, mostly full body. And the reason why we say that is because we know that if we can get them on a full body routine and they do it three days per week, they're going to get more frequency per body part. And we know that beginners typically can't lift as much weight. They can't stimulate their nervous system or um, their muscles as much as an intermediate or an advanced person. So when we have them do a full body program two to three times per week, we know that the frequency of them touching a body part, whether, you know, They've got a pulling exercise on Monday, a pulling exercise on Wednesday, and then a pulling exercise on Friday. Let's say they do three sets for each one of those training days. That's nine total sets of volume for that body part that particular week, which is pretty good for a beginning person. And then if they need a little bit more, then obviously you can take that to four or five sets per exercise per body part or per movement pattern. Um, and we know that that just works really, really well with a lot of beginner athletes. Um, the two to three days per week sweet spot is also pretty good too because we know that they're going to get ample recover time, recovery time and we're not going to see the, the overuse injuries or um, what happens a lot of time with people is that like they're just starting out on a training program and you know their first week, two weeks into a new training program, 
I mean, and you may have seen it yourself. You may have done this yourself is that you're in the gym, you're getting it in, you know, you go all seven days in that first week. And then starting that second week, you're pretty spent. Your body is just smashed to oblivion. You're, you're overly sore. You're not super motivated to get back in the gym that day. And, that, and that's completely normal. And that's what a lot of people do. So I know that when my athletes come or I get a new client or a client that is a little bit more on the beginner side, um, what I typically do is, one, I always look at the longevity of the person and how much, how sustainable I can make their training program or their experience with fitness. And I'm going to have them do, you know, especially if we're in an individual design situation, I'm going to have them do three, two to three days per week, <clears throat> full body inside of their training program. But those folks that do happen to participate in, you know, like a CrossFit gym or you do group fitness, um, if your programming is done correctly at your, at your gym or, or, or if you are a member of our gym, um, you're going to notice that throughout that week, you're going to get a good mix of movement patterns and you're essentially getting this, you know, full body look on your entire body that week. And, uh, I'm going to recommend to you if you're a beginner to do like two to three days per week. Now, if we take that a step forward and we look at like an intermediate person, an intermediate person, then you can typically get into like the body part splits, right? Or not body part splits, but like movement pattern splits where one day is an upper day, another day is a lower day, another day is an upper day, another day is a lower day. I think for most intermediate athletes, they should be training somewhere between like three and five days per week. And now that's going to be, again, totally dependent on lifestyle factors like how's your sleep, how's your recovery, what type of training have you done in the past? Do you have any previous injuries? Do you have any sort of ailments? What is your job like? What is your lifestyle like? Like all these things are very important to consider when looking at how many days per week you should train. But most of the time, if we're talking in generalities, uh, most intermediate people who've been training for you know a few years probably are going to find a sweet spot somewhere between like three and five days per week. Now, advanced folks, you've been training, you know, I'd say, you know, three years, four years plus, I would consider you an advanced person, especially, if, you know, if you followed programs before and you've been a part of gyms that have very well thought out programming, it's likely that you've experienced a good stimulus across the board with all, all types of different training modalities. So I think an advanced person can do very, very well um, exercising, uh, say somewhere between like four and six days per week. If, uh, if, again, lifestyle factors are considered, they're sleeping well, nutrition is on point, recovery modalities are being maintained, <clears throat> and they're spending ample time going through the recovery, the boring recovery stuff that nobody likes to pay a lot of attention to. Um, but in generalities, how often you should work out is going to be completely dependent on what your training age is and how long you've been training in the first place. <clears throat> now, Moving forward on that, another question I get is, um, how do I know how much weight I should be lifting? Now, again, you're going to find that a lot of these questions, especially when I answer them to people, are always going to be like one of those, well, that depends. Because at the end of the day, how much weight you should be lifting is going to be based on like how many reps are you doing inside of that exercise? What's your fitness level? Um, what's the intention of that exercise? Like um, something that I use <clears throat> very frequently with my clients is um, either tempo or I use RPE. So RPE is um, short for rate of perceived exertion. Now, typically most RPE scales, and I've seen a few different variations, but most RPE scales are going to be somewhere between like one and 10. So if, if we look at like a 10 RPE and we look at like a set of 10 repetitions, if I do like, let's say we do, you know, 
rear foot elevated split squat, 10 reps each leg times three sets at a 10 RPE. Well, I'm essentially telling that person if they're at a 10 RPE that whatever that weight they use is gonna be completely relative to them. But the other thing that I want them to pay attention to is at a 10 RPE, I want no reps left in the tank. I want no, I want, like I want you at that set of 10 to not be able to do another single repetition. So um, I know that when I'm helping a client to determine how much weight they should use, if I've been training the person long enough to know their tendencies and to know like how much weight they can lift in the first place or um, what their history of training is going to be, I might go a couple different routes. One of the routes I might say like, you know, you did 50 pounds last week on this rear foot elevated split squat uh, in the single side suitcase position. This week, let's take that dumbbell to a 55 at a 10 RPE for 10 reps each leg times three sets. Um, so just something to think about. The How much weight you should be lifting is all dependent on how frequently you're training the body parts, um, how frequently are you training, um, what is the what is the like what what is the intention of that particular exercise, and then what type of exercise is it? If it's a obviously if we're doing a compound movement where there's multiple body parts involved, the weight is going to be significantly heavier than uh, a single leg modality or, or I'm sorry a single. Um, arm or leg exercise or an uh, accessory slash isolation movement. So um, at the end of the day, how much weight you should be lifting is going to be dependent on the exercise, the intention, and um, really like how well or how long you've been training at the end of the day. And you're going to find that most of these questions are going to be like, <laughs> you know, it depends. Well, maybe. Most people, it's going to be relative to X, Y, Z. And that's because the, the, the longer I've been training, the longer I've been coaching, the more I realize that there typically like is not a definitive answer for anything. Almost everything is going to be, well, it depends. <clears throat> and if you're listening to this and you're like, well, well, shoot, and I can just put myself in your shoes. Like when uh, I was an up and coming person and <clears throat> I was new to coaching and, and I would listen to all these podcasts and all these shows and read these things. And, you know, we're always looking for like, what's that answer? What's that number one answer to said question and more often than not you're going to find that there really isn't an answer there's always you know we can put out generalities and best practices but there's never one definitive answer for almost everything and um the more you realize that inside of uh fitness the 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 quicker you'll come to the result that you want and then the more you'll fall in love with the process of getting to that result in the first place um so next question i get is one that a lot of people get wrong and um you know People think that just doing copious amounts of ab exercises are going to help them to lose fat around their stomach. Um, so one question I get is, um, are ab exercises the best one to the best types of exercises to reduce body fat? And can I target specific areas? And unfortunately, you know, please, if you're listening to me in your car and I'm coming to you through speakers, do not punch your steering wheel and hit the and hit the horn to the person in front of you. They're going to be really upset at you because unfortunately you can't. And I'm going to be here to tell you that you can do all the setups you want and you can do all the crunches and, and sick ab exercises that you find in men's fitness, men's health, maybe get from you know my Instagram page. But at the end of the day, you cannot target specific areas. Um, ab exercises are great for strengthening your core and your back. Um, but you can't necessarily spot reduce um, fats or, or, or fat. Our body just isn't like that. Your body will reduce the amount of fat that you have 
accumulated or stored um, by doing exercises, yes, especially if your nutrition is on point. But at the end of the day, there's not going to be any specific area that you lose it to, you lose it from. And and you, for most people, they're going to find that when you lose weight, your the areas that you lose them are actually going to be dependent on. Uh, I've seen that you know hormone health is huge at where you store or lose fat. Like if you're really stressed out, you're going to find that you retain a lot of fat mass um, around the lower half of your stomach. Um, some people, you know, a lot of women retain it in their hips and their legs. Um, you know, a lot of guys show it, in, you know, in their neck and their face and um, around their waist. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day where you store fat is going to be dependent on who you are genetically and, and, you know, your mom and dad and your stress levels and not so much on the types of exercises that you do. So when you do core exercises, you do build strength in your core. You do build stronger muscles. But I found that if you just do a bunch of core exercises and not enough of the, you know, proper nutrition practices, you'll typically just expand your stomach and your stomach will get bigger and stronger, which can be a good thing in theory because muscle does help you burn, burn more calories. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, if you want to, you know, for a lot of people, they want to see their stomach get slimmer and they want to lose fat specifically there, but it just doesn't work like that. You, um, your body will lose fat all over and that's going to be dependent um, 100% on your nutrition. Well, I will say probably 95% on your nutrition and about 5% on whether you're doing core exercises. Core exercises obviously are very going to be very important for folks that are super lean already and they have, you know, um, the ability for the muscles to show through. Um, they can be important, but everybody has abs there. It's just a matter of, you know, are you doing enough of the right things in the kitchen to allow them things to show? Um, now this is one I got just last week and, uh, you know, the person seemed a little upset, but, you know, new client and, and, and something I had to share with them was that, um, you know, I, I, I stick to, to, to principles and to, um, things that are tried and true and not so much to methods. Right. And, and the quote that always has stuck out to me ever since I heard it was, um, methods are many principles are few methods always change principles never do so if you think about that everybody comes along and they're trying to sell a method to you know this method 21 day method to burn body fat lose just body fat lose you know the unwanted fat around your hips and do it this cardio burn you know xyz and at the end of the day um you know principles are tried and true and we know <clears throat> that the, the, the principles work for, you know, almost all, everybody. And uh, so the question anyways, with, with my little tangent there was, uh, why are you having me lift weights for fat loss? Now, the thing to remember, and, and you may have fall victim to this before too, is that have you ever, go with me on this journey, have you been doing copious amounts of cardio, you know, 20, 30, 45 minutes on, you know, any sort of steady state machine, and you've only done that and then you've done the salads and you've done the, you know, the chicken breast and broccoli. And at a certain point you plateau. Now, the reason why this is happening to you <clears throat> is because you're not lifting weights. Because we know and studies have shown that a mixture of steady state cardiovascular activity as well as a mixture of resistance training mixed all together is best for fat loss. Because we know that the more lean muscle mass a person has, in theory, the more calories are going to be burned by that muscle mass because muscle mass calls on these energy stores to move, to contract, to make your body move through time and space. So 
if you're building more muscle through this weight training, we know, scientifically proven, we know that you're going to burn more calories. So for almost all of my clients, um, inside of their program, the, the, the bulk of their day is going to be spent on resistance training, and then they're going to finish with some sort of conditioning or some sort of cardio activity after. Now, the argument can be made, and there was a study recently that came out and said that, you know, there, there was a long time that people thought that, you know, if you wanted to lose uh, body fat, the most effective way was to run for, you know, 30 minutes a day. And then, you know, studies came out and said, well, no, you, you don't have to run. You can lose weight doing this anaerobic exercise and this hit stuff and, you know, um, short intensity is the best. And then, you know, it, it's kind of been all over the place. But the thing to remember is that the variation of the types of modalities that you use is best. Um, and, and I'm not saying varying in the sense of like every day you should do something different because you can do stuff the, the same for a long period of time without changing and get great, great results in fat loss. But we know that if you do 30 minutes of running every single day for the rest of your life, at a certain point, your body's going to get very efficient at doing that 30 minutes of cardiovascular activity, no matter what your nutrition is doing. But if you vary the type of conditioning that you do, as well as you vary the resistance training that you're doing, you're going to get very good results because your body's going to have to always adapt to what you're doing and what you're changing about it. So um, at the end of the day, lifting weights is going to be a piece of the 7,000 piece puzzle to get you the most, uh, the most fat loss and get you those results that you desire. So I'm having you lift weights for fat loss because it's what's best for you, and it's a principle, tried and true principle that I know will get you your result. Um, so moving on from there, another common question, what should I do to strengthen my abs? Now, <laughs> usually when I answer this question, it's always with, um, well, every exercise you do, <laughs> because, you know, people look at me like I've got, like, you know, snakes coming out of my ears, but... Um, what you need to know is that the core is the musculature that provides like support for your entire trunk, right? Um, most people think of like the core is just the abs in the front, but you, you know, you've got abs that run north south, you've got a part of the core that runs east west. Um, and, and at the end of the day, that is what is supporting your trunk. It's like it's supporting like the, the, the trunk of the tree. Now, in order, order for it to be sturdy and strong and resilient to life, um, we need that trunk to be solid. So whether you're performing like lunges or squats, deadlifts, push-ups, pull-ups, um, you're always engaging your core. And that's not saying that we shouldn't train. Um, that's not saying that we shouldn't train, you know, things like planks and hanging knee raises and rotational exercises and carries and different loaded variations of our, of our trunk. But... For the most part, you're always training your core. I mean, I mean, just standing and walking around, you're training your core to some extent. Now, your body gets pretty used to that, but um, especially with those compound movements that I was talking about, like the deadlift and the squat, um, when you're moving pretty fast like that or when you're moving with a significant amount of load on your structure, your body and your core is working very hard um, to, to support your muscles and to support your body. So at the end of the day... You should do, um, you know, isolated core work. I know inside of, you know, for intermediate clients that are doing like a lower body day, I most often will put some core exercise with that. But 
I mean, one to two exercises per training session, depending on how many times you're training, is, is going to be good practice. And you can vary that. You can work on exercises that, you know, close your, your hip angle from the top down. You can work on ab exercises that close from the bottom up. You can work on rotational. You can work on anti-rotational. I mean, there's all different variations. But at the end of the day, we want to remember that we are training our core for the most part, especially if you're doing some of my programming, you're going to be training your core on almost all of the exercises that you do. Um, another question. Uh, I've been working out for a long time and I stopped losing weight. What's happening? Um, you hit a plateau and, and, and that means that your body's for the most part used to what you're doing. Uh, you know, I, the question, the follow up question I would ask for you, ask to you is um, how long you been doing the training program? How, you know, if you're tracking macros and calories or you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, how long have you been on that setting? Um, have you done any sort of refeeds or diet breaks if you are on one of those settings? Um, have you been in an extreme calorie deficit? How's your sleep? Um, are you stressed out? Do you drink enough water? Um, it, these are all factors that are going to contribute to whether you're plateaued or not. But you, you also got to remember, too, that in principle, if you've had a plateau and all those things are in line, it just means that it's time to change something. You need to either challenge your body differently or, you know, vary your exercises. Um, if you, you know, you're typically a runner or a walker, can you increase your distance or your intensity inside of that? Can you decrease your rest periods? Can you take the duration longer? Um, th there's all sorts of variations, but the first place I always want you to go and check if you have hit a plateau is check your lifestyle factors out. Um, are you stressed out? Are you sleeping well? You know, when's the last time you ate a vegetable? Are you, are you taking any probiotics? I mean, there's, there's like a, a a myriad of things we can go through to, to start to troubleshoot this. But 99.9% um, .9 of the time when we go back and we start looking at lifestyle factors, those are most often going to be the limiting factors in whether you are plateaued or not plateaued. Um, so another one, and this is a fun one to touch on here, is uh, how many calories does it take to burn one pound of body fat? And, and this is a cool question that I got, and, and this is another one of those it depends type questions. Now, in theory, it takes about 3,500 calories uh, to, to gain or lose one pound of body fat, in theory. Um, but the, the thing to remember is that everybody's metabolism is going to be a little bit different. So if you are a person that, you know, is extremely metabolically adapted to whatever you're doing, then, you know, simply burning 3,500 extra calories um, may not work for you because the question is like, are you burning the amount of calories you think you are? I mean, fitness trackers are something that people often will go off of, you know, like, oh, I burn, you know, 3,500 calories according to my Fitbit or to my Whoop. Um, but... <laughs> Really, unless you're hooked up to, you know, some sort of machine, you know, an EKG or something that's, you know, tracking your heart rate all day, every day. And we, we also have something that tells us what your, you know, what the health of your metabolism is. There's really no way to tell how much calories you're burning for real. But uh, studies have shown that for most people, 3,500 calories um, burned or that type of deficit created in a week if you're fully functional metabol, if you have a highly, you know, a fully functional, meta healthy metabolism, and all the lifestyle factors are in line, it's likely that you're burning. You can burn one pound of body fat by uh, burning 3,500 calories. Now, last question that we're going to jump into today, 
And um, this is one that will probably apply to a, a vast majority of like busy professionals or, you know, you know, maybe you're a busy mom or dad and you're running around like crazy for your children. Um, I don't have as much exercise time as I used to. What can I do? Um, now, if this is a challenge for you, there's a, there's a couple different ways we can go about it. One is try to concentrate on like little small workouts throughout the day. So <clears throat> I'll share this with you guys when, you know, Back in the day before I was a, you know, a fitness coach, I worked as a government contractor for um, a contracting company. And what I would often do was I, you know, I got a 15 minute, I worked a 12 hour shift and I got a 15 minute break every hour. What I would do every hour was I would go out into the hallway, especially on night shifts. And I would do a set of 20 push-ups, a set of 20 lunges, a set of 20 squats, and about a minute plank. And I would do that for four or five sets and, and just little 15-minute increments. Um, but I would get these little small workouts in during, you know, when I would do my night shifts, I worked seven days in a row or seven nights in a row for 12 hours. So I'd go in at 6 p.m., get off 6 a.m. Um, and I would just get these little tidbits of workouts in, you know, throughout the night. And I wouldn't do it every break, but I would do it a couple breaks. Um, and, and that's how I would get my movement in. Uh, you know, I'd break a little sweat, I'd get my heart rate up a little bit, and then I'd go take my break when I would go inside. And then, you know, more importantly, I'd get this like mental clarity of like, wow, like it worked out. I get those endorphins going, I'd feel refreshed and satisfied. I mean, everything was good. Um, but for a lot of people, home life can really consume your time. Um, and that's another place that, you know, you can do some squats while you're cooking breakfast or cooking dinner. It's a regular occurrence inside my house to where, you know, the, the kids drop down and start doing push-ups, or, you know, or I join them or, you know, we do some squats or some lunges and it's just to be, you know, it's just to be funny. But, um, for the most part, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good way to get a little extra movement in, um, to, to, to just feel good and to be able to get that check in the box for a little bit of exercising that day. But, uh, another thing to just remember is that um, a lot of people wear these fitness trackers every day. So if you can't necessarily exercise a lot, then look at like where can we get movement? Where can we get steps? Where can we, you know, a lot of these fitness trackers will track your steps for you. A good place to start is like if you know you're not going to work out one specific day. Well, pretty much every day I think a good place to start is like are you getting 10,000 steps per day? If you're not, start there. Um if you're already doing that, then where can you add to that? You know, like if you're, where can you add these little tidbits of exercising in? Where can you just do a couple squats and lunges? Uh, where can you do a couple planks? Like add this movement in, look at how many steps you're doing every day. And if you can't exercise as much, if you can't go and get like that one to two hours of exercise time, where can you sneak in 20 or 30 minutes here and there? Where can you sneak in 10 or 15 minutes? Everybody has a body. Everybody can, you know, if you can't do push-ups, you can do it on your couch or a chair or a bench. Uh, you know, if you can't necessarily do squats, you can do box squats. You can do chair squats. If you can't do lunges, you can do split squats. Um, if split squats are too easy, you can do rear foot elevated split squats. You can go pick up a kettlebell. I mean, there's a, a thousand different ways that you can sneak this movement in every day, but you have to make it a priority and just, you know, maybe be, you know, I was that weird guy when I worked contracting that's out doing squats, lunges, and push-ups in the hallway. And, and, you know, I got laughed at, but I often would get laughed at by people who didn't have the same health as the same, <clears throat> the same health priorities as me. So, um, make a priority for you, and then you know, ignore the noise. Do it for you. Know that you're doing it for a reason, and and for most of you, you're probably doing it for your kids and your family and for your mental clarity. So, um, ignore the noise. Do it for you, and try to get in where you can. So, 
there you have it, guys. That's eight of the most frequently asked questions that I that I receive pretty much on the regular. Uh, I hope it was informative to you. Um, do me a favor if you got something from this show. Again, as always, take a screenshot with it. Uh, take a screenshot on your phone. Share it on your Instagram story. Tag me in it. I'm at the CF7C Coach. That really does go a long way because it lets me know that um, people are getting impacted. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I heard this quote this weekend when I was at a, a coaching summit, and it really meant a lot to me. Is that uh, the quote was, "Coach, the most honorable thing to be called." And, and and really, if we really think about it, like I actually get pretty upset when I when I think of coaches that just um, don't respect our our industry and don't take it seriously because like you know, the impact that we get to have on people, the impact in a positive way that we get to have on people's lives, their relationships, their family life. I mean, there's so many positives that come from being a coach. Um, and, and knowing that I'm impacting somebody in a positive way really does mean the world to me. And if I'm impacting you in any way, you got to let me know because it just, it just goes a long way from my mindset. Um, and then also, uh, I do these Q&As frequently. So if you want to get your question answered here on the show and be able to, you know, be riding in the car with your wife or your husband or your kids and like, hey, that's my question. And, you, you know, kind of let them know that it's your question. Again, you can send it to me on social media, especially on Instagram where I'm really active. Uh, again, my username is at the CF7C coach. You can also shoot me an email with that question at Cody at CrossFit7Cities.com. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you have a beautiful day and we'll talk to you next time. And that's a wrap for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make, ter- make sure to hit the subscribe button and to give us a rating and review on iTunes. This is how we grow this podcast and we continue to create amazing, impactful content for you. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content and free training and nutritional information. And lastly, if you've been listening to this for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, email me at cody at Hope you have a great day and I'll see you next episode.